Let's take our Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Thank you so much for the special music. I found myself on the first one, turning to Psalm 37 and reading along as they sang, Delight Thyself in the Lord, and uh, appreciate that very much so, and a matter of trust. We can trust the Lord with our heart and with everything, can we not? And uh, that is for sure. Uh, As you're turning to Philippians chapter 4, the children can be dismissed. My wife is going to go ahead and lead out the children. Hope. I should have dismissed her first, uh, so she can get a head start there. Uh, looks like they have a pretty good slew. We're expecting even more tomorrow night, and that'll be great. That'll be great. Um, the children are just having a good time in there. Now, I heard the boys severely outnumbered the girls last night, so we need to get some more girls recruited. Uh, there was 10 to 1, actually. Uh, quite something. Uh, as, uh, as you're finding your place in Philippians, let me mention again the book table. Uh, enjoyed the music tonight, the specials, uh, and the, uh, the brass as well. Now, Mrs. No, I won't say who it was. It was someone over here on this side. When I come up, I said, hey, we got a lot of brass tonight. And I was corrected saying, we're woodwinds over here. <laughs> okay, however, a very musical person by the name of Pastor Self said, brass on both sides. So... I'm in pretty good company, you know, coming that. But uh, uh, so I enjoy that very much so. Uh, there is a music CD. We only have one music CD with us, and it is Come Thou Fount. It is trumpet solo with orchestration by uh, Mike Foster. He does a fantastic job, eight arrangements that he did himself, and just fantastic. He's uh, our son's uh, trumpet teacher and uh, just uh, has been just tremendously used in many uh, recordings, uh, and this is, uh, I'm thrilled about him having his own, uh, but it's called Come Thou Fount. Now, to be honest, I'm going to, if I'm going to go to a table, I see orchestration, or I see maybe, let's say, uh, strings. Sometimes I tend to go to the strings before I would to the brass, but this one I would get, and I've gotten it. We listen to it. We, we love it uh, very much, so I highly recommend it uh, for good music in your home, so I encourage you with that. Then also on the table, uh, there are some, uh, some of the uh, cards, the QR cards, and we have a slide to be able to represent that if we still have that, Abel. Uh, and this is a free gift, and this what this does, it takes you to a YouTube uh, video that gives the gospel in under 10 minutes. And uh, we did it in professional studio, TV studio, and uh, we've tried to keep videos and different things updated. They can be uh, certainly outdated very quickly. Uh, on the back of it, it says, what is the greatest thing about the greatest gift of eternal life? And it has a website as well on there that they could watch it. But I encourage you to get this. Then you could even scan it. You could scan it at the table. And I'd encourage you to do so and text it to people. Um, email it to people. You can email the link. And uh, give it to someone, give one of the cards to someone that you're burdened about, and do this. Say, hey, would you watch this? It's a video on YouTube explaining from the Bible how you can have eternal life. And I'll give you a week or two, and I'll just ask, ask if you have any questions after you watch it. And I would do this. Don't say, hey, if you have any questions, come to me. But you take the initiative, say, I'll come to you, and I'll just check to see what questions you would have after you watch it. And that get, keeps the conversation going. We uh, passed this out before, and people are standing in line for fast food or whatever, and uh, they're watching it while they're waiting. And uh, so it, it's been used of the Lord. One uh, Just a few months ago, uh, someone commented on there and said, hey, someone gave us one of the, your cards, or a card, uh, at work, um, I, but hey, I don't need God, thanks anyway. Well, they took enough time to click on the video, and they took enough time to comment. I thought, maybe something's there. 
And so I just, you know, was very kind. I quoted John 3.16. I said, aren't you glad someone loved you so much that uh, God sent uh, someone to give you one of those cards? And uh, then they replied, and, you know, uh, it still wasn't tremendously mean. uh, But obviously, uh, Bill Rice II used to say this, is you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, and the one that yelps is the one that gets hit. And uh, so (laughs) think on that for a little bit, okay? It just means there's conviction there. Uh, There are many people that are going to YouTube to find out how to do different things. And uh, we need to have the gospel on there. Uh, Also, I want to encourage you again with the book, Threefold Secret of the Holy Spirit. Uh, It's a brief book, but just very, very helpful. Along with that, there's uh, several resources. How Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit uh, by John Rice. You can get these separately. You get them together. Uh, Do you really want to be spirit-filled? And then finally, winning our loved ones. I wish I had this one uh, years ago when I was trying to win someone to Christ. Thankfully, the Lord was gracious enough to allow me still to to see them saved, but I really seem to botch it up in my own self. Uh, How do you maintain a relationship and still give the gospel uh, to someone that is a relative when it's controversial and it's convicting and it's uh, against what they say? Perhaps they come from a very liberal uh, mindset. And so very helpful in that you can get all of those resources on on the soul winning and as well uh, the Spirit-Filled Life for just $10. And so I'd encourage you to think about that. And everything goes directly back to the ministry and it helps us spreading the gospel, uh, creating more videos and doing different things as well. Um, And I encourage you, uh, would you pray for us? We'll tell you a little bit more about uh, our ministries tomorrow night. But we do have the Ministry of Faith for Revival and we do have the Ministry of Hope for America Crusade. And these two uh, ministries are really what our focus is right now. You know, just local church meetings uh, would be the Faith for Revival. Uh, We're getting ready for the end of September to have an area-wide crusade in Rockford, Illinois. We have 10 churches coming together, and we're renting some of the Boone County Fairgrounds. It's the second largest fairgrounds in the state. And we're asking that many people would trust Jesus Christ as Savior. In crusades in the past, we see 40-something or 50-something trust Jesus Christ as Savior and asking the Lord uh, to do that work again. And uh, tonight and tomorrow night afterwards, if you're interested in keeping up with our ministry, uh, we'll have a sign-up, and you could be able to sign up to be able to get an email update. Uh, You could be able to do that on our website, but certainly we can help you just at the table uh, with a computer or whatever and get you signed up. We'd love to be able to do that. And uh, we don't bombard you with email. In fact, I don't always do one every month, and so, but we will try to do so, uh, very much so. All right, you have your Bibles in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Hey, it's not raining to th- right this second. <clears throat> We're going to grill today, and I said, oh, better bring the grill in. It's raining. Look back out. It's not raining. <laughs> you go back and forth. It's Florida, is it not? And uh, that is great. Let's, t- let's stand out of respect of God's Word as we look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and uh, let's just read a few verses uh, tonight together. Uh, I'll read out loud. You can follow along quietly. Philippians 4, beginning at verse 11. The Bible says this, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The title of the message is simply one word, and it's in verse 13. It's the second word, can, C-A-N. That's the title of the message. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, I do pray. 
that you would help us tonight, fill me with your spirit, help us to understand what takes place when we are walking in the spirit, when we are filled with the spirit, and we are experiencing the personal reviving that we so desperately need. So do your work, I pray, right now. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for staying. You may be seated. I have always admired people that could accomplish great athletic feats, whether it's Olympians or uh, marathoners or ultra marathoners. I do some 50 miles. It's just incredible. Uh, as I was looking at different things like this, I came across triathlons and the Ironman triathlon, which uh, in, has three events. There's the swimming. Uh, they swim 2.4 miles. Anyone swam, swim, swum? Uh, 2.4 miles, uh, and then after that, they get on a bicycle, and they ride 112 miles on the bicycle. Uh, after that, they do a full-size marathon, 26.2 miles. It is the triathlon of all triathlons. It's absolutely incredible. Now, to be able to compete, you have to do all three events. You can't just pick and choose. You can't just say, well, uh, I don't swim very well, so I'll just do the bicycling and the running. Or, well, I hate running. I'll do the other two. You can't do that. You have to do all three and to be able to do so. Well, like the Ironman triathlon, the Christian life is an endurance race. And when God tells us that I and we can do all things through Christ, He gives us the enabling and the power to do all of what he's commanded in Scripture and what is uh, we're responsible as a Christian. He doesn't leave us to flounder, but he provides his omnipotence and his power through Jesus Christ in us to be our very strength to do these things. But here's what we do. Sometimes we say, well, there's certain things in the Christian life that are hard. You know, I, I have a hard time with my prayer life. My prayer life isn't what it should be, but, you know, I'm, I'm reading the Bible, I'm going to church, and I'm, you know, maybe witnessing to other people. Or others would say, well, I can't witness. I can't do that. I don't have that personality, as if it's a personality trait instead of being empowered by the Spirit. And I can't do this, but I can do this and this. No, no, no. When God gives us the strength to live the Christian life, we need to come to faith that I and you can do all things through Christ to be able to do everything he has commanded us to do. As we look at this passage, and of course this verse that's so familiar in verse 13, we need to understand uh, really the impact of it and the reality of it because it's such an easy verse to memorize and you see it on plaques and you're familiar with it to some degree. True, you could probably even quote it. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. But would you let the word of God speak to your heart afresh and anew? As we've been learning about revival and the spirit-filled life of walking in the spirit, taking steps of faith and steps of surrender and yielding to the spirit and constantly being dependent upon the spirit so he can constantly manifest his presence and his power through us. As we have been learning these things, what takes place when the Christian is filled with the Spirit? When the Christian is filled with the Spirit, that is true that the Holy Spirit lives out the very life of Jesus Christ in us. You're in Philippians. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to come back to Philippians, but turn to Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3, <clears throat> there's a prayer uh, for the Ephesus church by Paul. And he says this in Ephesians 3, verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might 
by his spirit in the inner man, here it is, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, what is this talking about? What this is not saying is this. He's not talking about having Jesus in your heart as some people describe salvation to young children, perhaps. Ask Jesus into their heart. Now, personally, I don't use that phrase. I use Bible terminology of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I believe there's a better way or perhaps a more clear way that you could be able to present it to children and to adults as well. But it's not talking about the matter of salvation. He isn't praying for the Ephesian believers to be saved. Once you're saved, you can't get any more more saveder. That's terrible English, but it's great doctrine. (laughs) That's good Tennessean, though. You can't get any more saveder. You're saved. So it's not salvation. It's talking about the Holy Spirit strengthening you from the inside so that Christ would dwell. And the idea is to abide in you. Just like in John 15, where he says, abide in me and I in you, is now Jesus literally in me. This is Galatians 2.20 experience. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It is by faith. Notice in verse 17 again, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by what? Faith. So this decision isn't a decision to trust Jesus as your Savior at the very beginning of your Christian walk. No, this now is as a Christian, as a saved person, to continue to take steps of faith depending upon the Spirit of God to strengthen you. And when you are filled with the Spirit, when you are walking in the Spirit, then He is living the actual, literal, powerful life of Jesus Christ in you, just like when Jesus was on this planet. So that's why when it says in Galatians 5, 16, remember, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Because when you're walking in the spirit and you're strengthened by the spirit, he is literally living out the life of Jesus inside of you. Now, you may not have known that, Maybe perhaps for you, you just are in temptation. You say, dear God, help. And when you cast your dependence upon the Lord and he gives you deliverance and you experience victory, you just say, man, I got victory. Well, that you did. But how did you get victory? Because it was literally Jesus Christ in you. It would make a world of difference in your Christian walk if you came to the recognition, right? Realization, how about that one? Uh, the realization that it is Jesus Christ in you when you are revived. When he says in Romans 6, walk in newness of life, it's not your life. It's not me. It's not me just, um, okay, I'm, I'm energetic now or I'm highly caffeinated or whatever the case is. No, 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 it's not Chris Miller, but it is the very life of Jesus. It is his life in me. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Find verses 10 and 11. The Bible teaches this truth here. When we're filled with the Spirit, he lives the life of Jesus in us. Romans 8, 10 and 11. It says in Romans 8, verses 10 and 11, 
And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Watch this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, which he does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. What does it mean to quicken? Make alive. You're experiencing what? Revival. Okay, so he's quickening, and he's quickening what? The very life of Jesus Christ. He is the same one, the Spirit of God that raised up Jesus from the dead is the one that is working in your heart and your life. Would you recognize when you are dependent upon the Spirit, when you are filled with the Spirit, when you're experiencing revival, that it is Jesus Christ? Why is that important? Because then when we come back to Philippians 4.13, and I say... I can. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It's not me. It's not up to my personality. It's not up because because of my background. It's not up to that. It's not my great knowledge. It's not me. I'm specially fit to live the Christian life. No, I'm not. Neither are you. We're specially fit to be dependent, fully dependent, and allow Jesus Christ to do what God has intended them to do is to live out the life of Christ, that life of righteousness in us. So when we say, I can do all things through Christ, then I would like for us to apply it tonight. Understanding that the Holy Spirit, when he is strengthening us, he's reviving us, we're walking in the Spirit, we're filled with the Spirit, and he's flowing through us, he's living the life of Jesus in us, then there's three applications I'd like to make tonight. Number one, then I can do all the things I ought to do. Then I can do all the things I ought to do. If it's true that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me, then I can do the things, all the things I ought to do. Let's go to um, uh, uh, James chapter 2. Well, um, actually, J- uh, James chapter 4. Uh, if you want to turn there, James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, uh, it, uh, we're going to come back to Philippians in just a second, but in James chapter 4, find, if you will, verse 17. Uh, after it talks about you don't know what is uh, uh, your life, it's a vapor. And then in verse 17 it says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So if there's something I know that I should do and I don't do it, then it's sin. Okay, now let me ask, have you ever um, gone to, let's say, a marriage conference or a family seminar? And you're like, wow, wow. How am I going to remember all that, let alone do it, you know, and implement it? Or uh, living the Christian life or being a soul winner and, and how to soul win to other people. How am I going to remember everything and, and, is, and certainly implement all of it as well, okay? And perhaps we get a little discouraged thinking, now I have more information and more truth and now I'm accountable to it. <laughs> how am I going to do it? Look. It's only through Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can do all the things you know you ought to do. Are there some things you know that should be different in your life right now that are not? I would have to say, if we're going to be honest and take a few moments to think about it, each one of us can find some areas in our life that we know that isn't exactly where I know it should be. Spiritual disciplines, of Bible reading and prayer and devotions, of actual meeting with God, not just going through the rote actions of it, but developing a walk with the Lord. 
How about the responsibilities, just basic responsibilities of work and punctuality, of being on time, having faithfulness? How about cleanliness and organization? Doing something that you know that you should do. I remember in Bible college, they talked about having a clean campus and make sure that it's a clean campus. And, and I would walk by a piece of trash and, and I would say, well, uh, maybe I should pick it up. No, I don't think I should. Maybe I should. It's like one little angel on one side and one, you know, not good angel on the other side. And I was going back and forth and I'd have this little discussion in my head and I'd have to go back my conscience would get the best of me, and I have to go back and pick up that piece of trash. <laughs> and sometimes, though, I'm, wa- I'm late to class, uh, about 90% of the time, and uh, <clears throat> I'm walking, and I see the piece of trash, and I go, no, somebody else will do it. Someone else will reach out to that piece of trash <laughs> and minister to it, and not me. And so I will pass by, and I'm walking, and I go, ah, oh, I know I need to get it. And so now I find myself running back and getting it and picking it up because uh, I know it's something I should do. Then there's one time... I, the piece of trash, I should pick it up. No, no, I, I got to get going. I go, well, the lawnmower came. Now, one piece of trash is a thousand. <laughs> you know, I find myself out there picking up a thousand pieces of, of paper. Okay, now that's, you say, it's silly. It's just a piece of trash. That's right. You know what, though? For me, I'm being honest. It would be wrong for me if I saw it and I was on a Christian campus or someplace, whatever, and I'm not picking it up because I know I should do it. Now, what is your piece of trash for you? <laughs> it's not going to be sin, perhaps, for you, or it's not going to bother your conscience if you... The t- message tonight is not pick up trash, okay? <laughs> the message is you listen to the Spirit of God and do what you know He's telling you to do. Are there some things you know you ought to do, but maybe you've backed off? Why? Because of discouragement. You think you can't change. You can't do all the things you should For some reason, God gives you too much information you can't handle. No, 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 no. The answer is, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That means I can do all the things I ought to do. Second application, I can do all the things, I love this one. I can do all the things I don't want to do. I can do all the things I don't want to do. Now let's go back to Philippians. Go back to Philippians if you would and find... Uh, our, our main verse in Philippians 4. Let's look at 11 through 13, and then we'll go to chapter 2. Philippians, again, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. So this is the second application. I can do all the things I don't want to do. Uh, look at Philippians 4, beginning in verse 11 again. What's it say? It says this, Not that I speak in respect of what, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be what? Content. I know both how to be a base, that's brought low. I know how to abound where everything is supplied and you have more than you need. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ. So here I have the promise that I can and the truth that I can do all the things, you know, even when I don't want to be content, even when I have a difficulty with complaining. How do you go from complaining to contentment? Look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. It helps us in understanding this. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. It says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then he says this. Notice this. Do 
What's the next two words? Let's see it out loud in verse 14. It says, do what? All things. Watch this. Without murmurings and disputings. Do everything. Do all things without murmuring. What's murmuring? It, it's, a, it's a low tone. It's, a, it's, it's, it's one of those words uh, that sounds like it is. Um, in fact, let's say all together. We'll just say murmuring. Don't say it loud. Just kind of say it low. And uh, we'll do it together. Ready? One, two, three. Murmuring. Ooh, you did that really well. As if you've done it before. <laughs> murmuring. Why do I have to go over here? Why does this have to happen? Ah, oh, man, I know everything just always bad always happens to me. This is just terrible. You know, it's that complaining. Complaining is saying anything in a negative way or derogatory manner where the person to whom you're speaking cannot change the situation. Why does it have to rain? Just stick around for another 35 seconds, okay? It's going to change. Um, why does it have to be so hot? Why is this? Well, they can't change that. Why can't we do this? Why don't we have more money? Teenagers say, well, why can't you buy me this pair of tennis shoes? Because they cost $10,000. That's why. And, you know, why can't I have this? Or why can't I have that? And we complain. And the reality is, he says this, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And he says in the previous verse, it says, now work for, but it says work out your own salvation. That is, your deliverance comes from the inside out, from your innermost spirit, out through your soul, through your body, is the spirit of God living out the very life of Jesus Christ. Like a flower that has the seed or the bulb and you plant it in the ground, everything, all the beauty of that flower is there. It just works its way out. It grows outward. You don't paint it on. You don't have to paste something else on. It's already on the inside. Stop trying to change from the outside and implement different disciplines or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that and I'm really going to change and I'm going to mean it this time. No, no, no. You need to tap into the very strength that God has provided for you, and that's the Holy Spirit living through you, the very life of Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ helping you and living through you. You can do all the things that you don't want to do. Uh, going back to this contentment, how do I get from the murmuring to contentment? This complaining over here to contentment. Now, it's interesting when God tells us all things. I can do all things through Christ. Do all things without murmuring. In Ephesians 5, giving thanks always for all things. This is, inc this is impossible. This is supernatural. The only way I can do that is to be filled with the Spirit. And now Jesus is helping me not complain, but count it all joy when I fall into diverse temptations. I remember one particular time we're at the Bill Rice Ranch in uh, the summertime. And as we were there, uh, I was going to go check on something. There's, it's a big campground. All totals, 1,300 acres. And, and so I was going to get our, our battery-operated golf cart. And I started going up the hill. And it was a... And the batteries died. I turned right back around and coasted down the hill and plugged it back in. They've been plugged in all night. I said, man, great. Uh, the batteries are dead on the golf cart. You know how expensive they are? I don't have money to pipe. I started complaining. Well, that's okay. I'll take the van. So I go to the van. I put the key in the van, and I turn it, and I hear 
That's is exactly what I heard. Not a click, not a anything, <laughs> nothing. It might get, my van had a little game. It was guess when I'm going to start game. And it could be three hours. It could be three days. It, you don't know. And uh, uh, I said, uh, my wife said, I'm not taking the van to uh, town anymore. I said, honey, live by faith. She said, you live by faith. I'm not taking it to town. Literally, we'd go to stores. I'd leave it running. I'd say, steal it. Please steal it. You're going to bring it back. I know you will. And uh, uh, so uh, it, it was just, you know, it's not starting. I go, great. The van's not starting. So golf cart's dead. Van's dead. I'll just walk. It's summertime, it's 95 degrees, 105% humidity, and uh, you know how that is. And I'm walking, and, and I go do whatever I need to do, do, and I come back, I'm red, I'm sweaty and everything. I said, at least I can go into the, air, um, the trailer and cool off in the air conditioning. That broke. <laughs> the air conditioning, the, the fan would work, but the compressor would come on. I'm like, God. And I'm sitting in there, I'm hot, not just on the outside. I'm hot on the inside. I'm like, why does this have to happen? Why can't I do this? Okay, now, I know I shouldn't complain. And I'm feeling convicted about it. And so, I confess my sin of complaining. So, Lord, I I know I shouldn't be complaining. and I'm sorry, would would you forgive me? But I didn't feel any better about it. (laughs) And I sure wasn't content. You know what content is? Contentment is when you want what you already have. Contentment is when you want what you already have. You desire your present situation. It's okay. But I wasn't there. I confess my sin of complaining. But I wasn't content. Then I remembered... Ephesians 5.18, giving thanks always. I said, Lord, I need to take a step of faith, trusting your spirit to help me be thankful because I can't do it on my own. So I literally did this. I went outside. I went, uh, uh, and I, I went outside and I pointed at the golf cart. And I said, God, thank you for the golf cart that the batteries are dead. <laughs> And then I went over to the van, and I pointed at the van. I said, God, thank you for the van that is dead. (laughs) It won't start. And I could feel, I wasn't being sarcastic. I really was not. I could feel my spirit lift. I literally, I pointed to the top of the trailer, and I said, God, thank you for the air conditioning that's broken. And I went inside, and I sat down, and everything changed. Well, everything remained the same. Everything on the outside was terrible. It stayed terrible. But on the inside, it was okay. It was contentment. Giving thanks for my present condition supernaturally. I could not do that on my own. Let me ask, are you complaining? Are you griping? Why does this have to happen? Why does that have to happen? How's your spirit? How's your attitude? You cannot complain and be filled with the Spirit at the same time. The repairman came uh, for the air conditioner. He went up to the top of the air conditioner, and he took off the cover. I still remember this. He put his hands there. He looked down, and he said, I have no idea what the problem is. (laughs) He said, "Uh, turn off the breaker and turn it back on. I said, I already did that. He said, do it again. And uh, nothing happened. I mean, the fan would work, but the compressor wouldn't kick on. And then he said, well, turn off the thermostat and turn it back on again. And I said, I already did that. He said, do it again. 
So I turn it off, turn it back on again, and the fan kicked on again, but then I'm waiting, and then I could hear the hum of the compressor. It turned on. It started getting cool. I said, it's working, it's working. What did you do? He said, I didn't touch it. <laughs> I didn't do a thing. You know what God was doing? He was waiting. He said, Chris Miller, are you going to stop complaining? You're going to thank me? Okay. All right. Click. It can work again. The same air conditioner is on the top of our trailer. It is still works today. And God is still doing an amazing work with that air conditioner. Well, what happened with the, um, with the um, golf cart? We got a, a check in the mail uh, for $500, almost the full amount for the, the batteries for the golf cart. It was just great. And then came the van, the van that would not start. And uh, I said, we just need to get rid of it. We're going to sell it. And I found someone that was willing to pay $500 for the van. And uh, my son said, are they on drugs? I said, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm going to sell him the van. While we were making the sale, the van stopped. And he had to jump it with his vehicle. I said, you still want to do it? He said, yeah. I said, don't turn it off until you get home. And he, we went through with it. And now we have... Um, a used vehicle, but it's 100% paid for, and God's provided. Look, God is good all the time, is he not? We need to say, dear Lord, help me in my present situation to have that supernatural contentment to say, Lord, I can do all things. I can, whether I'm abased or I abound, whatever it is, I'm finding my satisfaction and my contentment in Jesus Christ himself. If it's true, I can do all things through Christ, then I can do all the things I ought to do. I can do all the things I don't want to do. And finally, I can do all the things I can't do. I can do all the things that I cannot do. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, it talks about, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. But look, if you would, you want to see John 15 again? Look at John chapter 15. As it talks about the vine and the branches that we've been referring to throughout the week, notice what Jesus says again in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, verses 4 and verses 5. John 15, verse 4 and 5. It says this, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Watch this. Except it abide in the vine. So there's no other possible way. This is the only way for the, vi- the branch to survive and have fruit. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Help me out. For without me ye can do what? Okay. With Christ, I can do all things. Without Christ, I can do, notice this, no thing. Not one thing can I do in and of my own strength and power. So today, did you live with Jesus Christ's power and see him supernaturally enable you to do things that you couldn't do? Or did you live in your own very limited and weakness and not truly accomplish what you should have the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak god can help you with habits someone here you you are believing satan's lie that you can't change there's i can't teach new dog new tricks god can change you and jesus christ can live through you no matter what your age or how long you've had that bad habit you need to believe God and take him at his word that this is true. I can 
do all things through Christ? How about addictions of smoking and drinking and drugs? How about the, ten, the tongue? No man can, tongue, uh, can tame the tongue. Speaking before you're thinking, gossiping, flying off the handle, cussing, cursing, complaining, all of these things. It's only Jesus Christ. He can do it. How about your thought life? Let the words of my mouth and my meditation in my heart be, be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You say, I can't control it, but God can. God can do these things. The Lord Jesus Christ can do it through you. Whatever it is, witnessing to others. Would you acknowledge your weakness like we t- started uh, on the very first Sunday, the first service, and say, Lord, I can't, but Jesus Christ, only you can. And now I'm going to say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm saying I can't do I'm going to trust you. If it's in your word, if it's a command that you've given to me, that I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Will you believe God tonight? You know, I have uh, up here uh, a pair of work gloves I got from Brother Thompson, and uh, they are Michigan work gloves because they are insulated, uh, very thick. I'll put one right here, and I'll put this other one on. Now, when I put my hand in this glove, it animates the glove. It gives strength to the glove, and now it has life and movement. Now, this glove can do all the things it ought to do. It may perhaps need to clean something that's dirty. Or this glove can do all the things it doesn't want to do. I want to do that job, but the glove's going to do it because my hand is in the glove directing it to will whatever the will and pleasure of my hand is over the glove. This glove can do all the things it cannot do because my hand again, is in the glove. It's not capable of doing anything of itself. With my hand in this glove, this glove can do all the things that my hand can do. What can that glove do? In fact, what has it done this whole time? Nothing. If it has done anything, let me know. I'm out of here. Okay. No, it hasn't done anything. It can't move. It can't do anything. Here's the contrast. Jesus never says, and the Word of God doesn't say, well, you can do most of the things, well, you, a little bit, a little bit here and there, and, and do, do most things without murmuring and competing. No, no, no. It is, with Christ, I can do all things, all the things I ought to do, all the things I don't want to do, all the things I just can't do. But without Christ, I can do nothing, no thing in and of myself. That's the contrast. When we're living in the Spirit's power, Christ is living through us. This is how we're living. When we're living self-dependent, that is how we're living. And we're making a miserable failure of it. Teenager and young person, you can realize and you can recognize tonight, I can do all the things I ought to do if I have Christ in me. Sir, ma'am, you can make that decision tonight. I'm going to trust Christ and allow him to live through me. Tonight, in just a moment, would you say, Lord, I I haven't been living like I ought to. I've been living like the glove with no hand. But I want to live strengthened by you and your might. In a moment tonight, we're going to have an invitation where I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. But I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Tonight in this service, I'm going to ask you to do this. If God spoke into your heart, would you acknowledge it in a moment by an upraised hand? But right where you are, if God spoke into you in a moment, I'll give you an opportunity to stand to your feet and pray where you are and take as long or be as brief as you like and then be seated when you're finished. So in a moment, when we do have the invitation, I'll ask who here says, I need this message. I need to depend upon Christ for something. I'm going to ask you, you could, but I'm going to ask you just to stay where you are. In a moment, 
would you stand to your feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and pray right where you are. And when you're finished praying, you could just be seated and have a seat back. And I'll acknowledge perhaps, perhaps generally that someone has seated or sat back down. Would you tonight trust the Lord and depend upon him to do all things? Could you imagine, referring back to the Ironman triathlon, someone doing that without conditioning, <laughs> without training? You know what's been done? By a man named Rick Hoyt. Rick Hoyt was born in 1962 with the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck. He cannot speak. He cannot write. He cannot type on a regular keyboard. The only part of his head, the only part of his body that he can truly control is his head. He cannot dress himself. Rick, when he was young, the doctor said, he's brain dead. He's not getting it. He's not understanding what we're saying. And no, his parents said, no, no, no. He's understanding us very clearly. He just couldn't communicate back. He couldn't say his own name. He could grunt, moan. That's about it. Finally, they designed some type of computer system that had a pad that he would take his head and press it on different places on the pad. It would form letters and then words, and then the computer would speak for him and be able to communicate. When they designed that, his first question was about his favorite sports team. He knew exactly what was going on all around him. He finished high school. He graduated from college. He got a master's degree. He got a second master's degree. He has more degrees than I do. And he cannot even say hello or his own name to you. He found out about <clears throat> a handicap run, a 5K. And he asked his dad through the computer system, Dad, would you run this three miles, this 5K, and compete? And his dad said, well, I, I'm, I don't know if I could run three miles, but I'll, I'll do it for you. And so they got a special athletic wheelchair, and they did it. They, they started doing it, and, they, and Rick loved it. That turned into another run, another 5K, and then a half marathon. Then they said, well, he said, can we do a marathon? <laughs> and his dad would push him the whole way. They did a marathon. They've done the Boston Marathon. Then they heard about the Ironman Triathlon. Rick's dad takes him. He's only 110 pounds. And he puts him into an inflatable raft. He puts a strap across his shoulders. His dad does. He gets in the water with everyone else. When they raise the gun and fire the gun, he takes off swimming the 2.4 miles with everybody else. They get to the other side. When he does so, all the other swimmers are getting out, and they're getting on their bicycles. He then takes his son, lifts him out. He puts him at the front of the bicycle in a special seat, straps him in, puts on sunblock because he's going to be there the whole time as they ride 112 miles up and down hills. They then go to the running aspect, and they place him, he puts him into the athletic wheelchair, and he runs a full-size marathon of 26.2 miles. And they don't have any extra time extension. They have to finish in the same time frame, or they're, ex, they're, ex, uh, um, they're, they're not allowed. They're disqualified. And so here, they're coming in, and it's night. And when they start to come in, they're getting closer to their finish line. The adrenaline 
starts to pump and his dad starts running faster and faster and Rick loves it. He is looking at the crowds now standing to their feet. They're taking so many pictures with their phones and their cameras. All these flashes are like thousands of lightning strikes coming. And, 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 and he's looking around and he lifts his, his hands and he starts moaning and, and groaning with delight as he's starting to try to wave to the people. And they're running faster and faster and they finish the, the course. You ask Rick, Rick, can you compete and finish the Ironman triathlon? Let him answer for himself. Because I've seen a video where he takes his head and he types the letter C. He presses the pad again and he types the letter A. Presses it again and he types the final letter N. I can through the strength of another. And so can you. Are you living in your own strength? Are you depending upon Jesus Christ to do all things in the Christian life that you need to do? Come to faith that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Heavenly Father, I pray for your help right now. Would you please speak to our hearts in very specific ways to apply the message in only the way that you can. Lord, meet our needs. Help us to be right now tender and responsive to you. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Now, tonight I preach to Christians, but I just want to ask to make sure. If you're here and you say, Brother Miller, I have trusted Jesus as my Savior. I know that I'm on my way to heaven. I know for sure about that. Can you raise your hand? I know I'm saved. I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. That's great. All throughout the room, that's wonderful. Okay, you can place your hands out. Is there anyone here that doesn't know they're on their way to heaven. Would you pray for me? I'm not certain if I died, if I go to heaven, I'm not saved. Anyone like that very quickly? Okay, let me ask next. Who here would say, Brother Miller, and again, I'm asking you not to come forward, but I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand and then later to stand and pray where you are. If you're here and you say, Brother Miller, God spoken to me, I needed this message. And I need to depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ to live through me to do all the things I ought to do or to do all the things I don't want to do or to do all the things I just, I, I think I can't do. And I recognize I can't in my own strength, but tonight I'm coming to faith to trust Christ to do what only he can through me. If God's spoken to you as a Christian and say, I'm taking a step of faith to trust Christ to do those things in my life, would you raise your hand right now throughout the room? Right now, just nice and high. God bless you. Wonderful. It's good to see young people and adults alike. You can place your hands down. Okay, let me ask right where you're seated. If God spoke into your heart, you raised your hand, you're making a decision, would you stand to your feet right now and allow me to pray for you and in a moment, I'll ask you to pray right where you're standing. Would you stand to your feet even right now? God bless you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Amen. Others, God bless you. Wonderful. Anyone else? God bless you. Good. Others, young people and adults alike. Heavenly Father, I pray you help with each one here that is making a decision. Lord, help them to experience not only victory, but the very life of Jesus Christ in them to change them. And Lord, I pray the same for me. Help me with my current situations and my challenges 
And Lord, I recognize I cannot in and of myself, but I want to be like that glove filled with you, your strength, and the very life of Jesus. Lord, help us to experience personal revival of the Lord Jesus and his life in our lives. I pray with this with all my brothers and sisters. With our heads bowed, with our eyes closed, why don't you right now just pray while the pianist plays, and when you're finished, you can be seated. You can take as long as you like, or you can be as brief as you like. You just pray, and you can be seated when you're done.